Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode and Ty and Ryan, the finance guys, in our podcast. Um, unfortunately, this week, it's just me. So, it uh, hopefully it's not going to be too deep into the weeds. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully it's still a little bit entertaining for you. So, uh, my business partner, Ryan, is, is actually, he's out on, uh, on, a, on a business trip. He's out visiting with some clients this week. And I uh, wasn't able to to connect with me on the podcast, so um, it's all right though. We'll we'll go ahead and uh, press on, right? We'll we'll keep things rolling here. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, we appreciate everybody that's listening to us. We've been getting some good feedback from from everybody, and you know, as always, we're we're excited to uh, you know we're happy to to you know bring you some information, and and hopefully we help you understand a little bit better. You know what's going on in the markets, how different pieces of the market work, you know things of that nature. So, uh, and, and one thing we can do if you, if you you know if you ever have thoughts or ideas or things you would like to see in the podcast, uh, you know check us out. Uh, our website is tyandrye.com, uh, or you can email either me or Ryan. It's just our first name, right? Ty at myprosperteam.com. Uh, or Ryan at myprosperteam.com. So, you know, feel free to reach out to us anytime. So, yeah, we'll, um, you know, we'll go solo this week. It'll just be me and you sitting here uh, chewing the fat and talking about some some finance stuff. And and I will try very hard. One of my very good friends, Nate, uh, he basically told me I'm 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 a little bit boring, and that uh, that I dive a little too deep into the weeds. So. Um, so we'll try and keep it a little bit more lighthearted and, and have some more fun with it today. But uh, what we want to dive into, what I want to dive into today, uh, just, just because I've noticed over the last little while, I've, I've had a lot of conversations about these specific topics with a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends, a lot of family. And I want to talk about some really cool tax strategies and as it relates to like new contributions and managing your contributions to your 401k, your IRA, your SEPs, those kinds of things. They're very basic in nature, right? They're pretty simple concepts. But I think if we understand a few of the, the moving pieces behind how, how we build these out, we will be able to maximize the, the the efficacy, right? We'll be able to keep as many of the dollars in our pocket and, and pay fewer dollars to the IRS, right? That's always the number one goal. And and not only do we want to accomplish that, but we want to accomplish it in a way that doesn't set you up for you know potential risk, right? I never want my clients to be at risk of an IRS audit, things of that nature. Uh, I will say, like I always do, I am not a CPA. I'm not giving tax advice. Um, I've done this a long time, and I've worked with hundreds of CPAs. So, um, and, and you know, again, my background: finance, bachelor's, master's of finance. Um, but again, I'm not a CPA, so 
So take this all with a grain of salt, and I always highly, highly recommend that you do work with a good qualified CPA. Uh, I, in fact, I've got a, a great guy. I'll, I'll, I'll put a plug out there for Val Gibson of Gibson Shirts. I love Val. Val takes care of me, and he has saved me thousands of dollars over the years. So great guy, works really hard, and he takes care of all of the crappy tax stuff that I don't want to deal with. So I love Val. Val's the man. So, But yeah, no, I, I want to dive into some ideas here. I want to jump into some ideas of, again, some tax strategies as it relates to uh, your retirement accounts and, and how do we manage some contributions. Because there's a few topics here that, that I'm pretty sure you haven't ever heard of. So um, the other thing I want to make sure we do is as I walk through this, you know, I, I'll, I'll try really hard, again, um, <laughs> at the advice of my good buddy Nate. Uh, he's one of my best friends. We've been good friends for a long, long time. Um, at his recommendation, I'm going to try and keep things a little more organized, right? Because my brain, the way that it tangents is awesome. In my world, it's awesome. I love, I love how I tangent. But, uh, but for you, the listener, I'm sure you're like, okay, shut up, Tyke, and on point. So anyways, um, so let's start off. So, okay, how do we contribute and why do we contribute to a retirement account, right? Um, so, you know, the idea here is that it's, there's, there's some definite benefits to it, but there's also some, some potential pitfalls we want to be cautious of, right? So, so the how and why, why do we even do this? Whether it's, and here, I'll take a second to run through that. So, you, you know, most people are familiar with their, their employer 401k plan, right? You go work for Walmart, you work for Western Building Group, right? You work for... Uh, Geez, I don't know. Anybody. You name the company. Most of them have a 401k, right? And that's what most people use for their retirement. You also maybe have an IRA with Fidelity or Charles Schwab or or with whomever, right? It doesn't matter. Um, Self-employed people may have a SEP IRA or a simple IRA. There's also 403Bs. These are all retirement accounts, right? And the idea basically is the IRS wants to make you wants us to be as little of a burden on the IRS as possible, right? So they're like, look, if we can get you to save more money, you're not going to be as much of a burden on the system. I mean, you're still going to most likely get Social Security, which you know, that's, there's debate There's debate there whether or not you will. But uh, but that's the whole point with this, right, is they, the, the IRS wants us to have incentives to save for retirement. And so that's what, that's what the whole retirement world is built around, Right is that the IRS gives us some benefits. And so, again, that's what I want to talk about. Let's, how do we maximize that, right? Um, and so the idea is that you have a choice, right? You have a choice of, okay, either I put money in as a Roth contribution or post-tax contribution, or you can put it in as a traditional contribution or pre-tax, so pre and post Pre-tax is traditional, post-tax is Roth. And the idea is, do I want tax savings today, this year, or do I want the tax savings down the road, right? And, and some people will say, well, which is, which is better, Ty? Which is the right way to go? And, and I even see companies out there that push really, really hard to to say, oh, you should do it all this way, or you should do it all that way, and and even too, uh, 
you know, Val, my, my tax guy, he's like, hey, you should do more traditional. You should do more pre-tax. But I choose not to. I elect not to. Okay. So again, you, you might see a Roth 401k or you may have a Roth IRA. Or you may have a traditional or pre-tax 401k or a traditional IRA, right? It's the same concept in any of these different retirement accounts, right? Again, Roth is pre-tax, traditional is post-tax, right? Uh, sorry, sorry. R- r- yeah, sorry. R- I said that backwards. Roth is after taxes, uh, traditional is pre-tax. So, and the idea is like, okay, if, if I'm going to make $100,000, right, um, or no, let's do 120000 I'm making $10,000 a month. I'm going to be taxed. Well, if that money is going into a, a, a traditional 401k with my employer, my employer is going to say, okay, we're going to hold back X number of dollars. We'll call it 500 bucks, right? You're going to hold back 500 bucks. So, so now my taxable income is $9,500, not 10000 right? And that goes into my retirement account, okay? If it's Roth elected, I get taxed on the 10000 first, and then it pulls off 500 and puts it into the account. Okay, so again, I don't get any of the tax benefits today, right? I'm paying all the taxes today, but, but I'll talk about in a second how that works down the road. Um, keep in mind, too, that if you do your own IRA, right? So again, I get like, so th- with an employer plan, they take care of the logistics for you where, where they put the money in there. You get your tax benefit today right so when you like so again if i coming back to that i make ten thousand dollars a month so if i were to get that ten thousand dollar paycheck i'm going to see a whole bunch of line items of taxes that are paid right social security medicaid all that fun stuff right uh fica all that all the beautiful things we all love to see on our paychecks um so if if it's an employer plan where they pull that money out that 500 out before you're going to see those dollar amounts lower right because it's saving me on the taxes now if I did an, a traditional IRA, however, though, so again, I still get taxed with my employer. So my, you know, I pay a little bit more in those all those socials or you know different tax buckets, and then I put five hundred bucks into my IRA. You're still going to get a tax benefit, but it's just not today. It's next. It's basically next time you file your returns, the IRS wants to know. Okay, well, great, you're filing your returns how much did you contribute to a traditional IRA? And you say, oh, well, I actually put, you know, $6,000, right? 500 bucks a month. I did $6,000. And they say, oh, okay, well, technically, every month when you did your paycheck, those those line items that you paid at taxes, and you, you overpaid. You put a little bit too much in there, right? Because we didn't know when you were doing your paycheck, we didn't know that you were putting more money into an IRA. We do know now because you're telling us so Here's more. Here's a refund, right? Let's say if your refund was going to be two thousand dollars, your refund may be like twenty two hundred bucks now or twenty three hundred bucks, right? So that's that. So again, a traditional IRA has the same benefits as a traditional four hundred one k. It's just the timing of when you get the benefits. Okay, so you still get them. Again, Roth though doesn't matter if you do Roth IRA, Roth four hundred one k. You're still always going to pay those taxes today. Now. The idea is okay. Well, why Roth versus traditional? What, which why what, what tie which is better? And the short answer is, it depends. It's up to you, right? If I'm in a really high tax bracket today, doesn't it make sense to cram as much into a retirement account so I pay less in taxes today, right? Time value of money would tell us 
we want more dollars saved today than 15 years down the road because that my dollars are worth more today than you know than anything. Um, then then what happens? So again, think about that. So so we we contribute to these accounts, these 401ks, these IRAs, and then fast forward now when you get into retirement, the difference is now in retirement, every dollar I pull out of a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA or a SEP or whatever it is, every dollar you pull out, it gets treated at that moment as ordinary income tax. You get a 1099 on it. So if now I'm, you know, 70 years old, well, let's, let's say I'm 65. I'm 65. I'm retiring. I want money. I pull 20 grand out of my retirement account because it was traditional or pre-tax. I pay the taxes then at age 65, right? So I saved the taxes when I was younger. So I'm 40. It's been an interesting year, turning 40. But I'm 40. So I saved my taxes when I was 40, but when I'm 65, now I'm paying the piper at that point. right? So again, the idea is I'm at a higher tax bracket when I'm 40. If I'm retired, my tax bracket's lower. So ergo, it makes sense to pay less. You know, That's, that's going to save me the most taxes. The idea with Roth, however, is eh, I don't care today if I get my tax deduction because when I go to now pull that Roth out at age 65, I pull that dollar out completely tax-free, 100%. So I pull out 20 grand in retirement, and I don't pay a penny in taxes on that 20000 Again, do I want the savings today or do I want it later? There's There are strategies that make sense for actually both of those options, and it just depends on the individual. It really does. Um now, keep in mind, too, even though let's just say today I would say like by, by trimming down my retirement or sorry, my taxable dollars today at age 40, by trimming that down, let's say maybe I save, you know, one or two thousand in taxes today. This is an important piece to understand. When I'm in retirement, not only am I taxed on the dollar I put in, but if that one dollar grew to twenty dollars. I'm actually paying taxes on the $1 plus the 19 of growth. It's, it's all taxes, ordinary income. So that is the fundamental um, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say argument, but debate as Roth versus, you know, Roth versus traditional is, well, now I have all these gains that I don't have to pay any taxes on at all in the Roth. So Roth's pretty good. Roth's pretty powerful. Um and so, in fact, I had so I had a client who, and we're going to talk about Roth conversions in just a second. So I had a client who, you know, this is the, the, she took the distribution. This was like two years ago, but prior to that, you know, two years ago, prior to that, we had spent about five or six years converting part of her accounts to Roth. And what a Roth conversion is is, okay, Ty, I've built up five hundred thousand dollars. It's all pre-tax. Now I'm, you know, fifty-five. I'm going to be retiring in five or ten years. What can I do to help you know lessen the blow of taxes? I don't want to just have everything you know in that in that pre-tax bucket. So we convert parts of it every year. And, and there's there's and I'm not going to get into details, but there's there's a very specific way to do it. It's called marginal tax planning, right? And so the idea is that you you, you make sure you keep yourself into specific tax bracket ranges. So you don't want to convert all if you have five hundred thousand. You don't do all five hundred thousand in one year, or you're paying taxes on five hundred thousand. That's not very efficient. Right. Okay. So we converted, converted, converted. I had done this for about six or seven years for this lady. Now, fast forward, she's needing to pull monies out. Um, at the the year, so so at the time, a couple of years ago, when we pulled the chunk of change out for her, if it had all been in pre-tax, 
she would have ended up paying about four to five thousand dollars in taxes to access or to get those monies, right? So, um, what because we had converted to Roth, right? And because we had you know had done those things we're talking about, we were able to pull some from the pre-tax account, some from the Roth, and some from her regular individual account. And effectively, we kept the taxes closer to like eight or nine hundred bucks. Right, because of the way we the way we were able to pull it out. Right, so that's what's powerful about these concepts is, is it, 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 there's not one right answer. It's just understanding these how these how these both work, and making sure that we we really work you know work the tax system with a combination of the two. So you know we're getting the best. The other thing too, the other idea that I like with Roth is, look, I don't know what government tax rates are going to be when I'm 65, but I know what they are today. And so I'm going to take advantage of con- doing some Roth conversion today so I know I've already paid the piper. So it's like I, I, you're kind of – you're hedging your bet is what you're doing, right? So that's the Roth conversion. Um, the, the other last thought with this too before I, I move into the – I want to talk about 401Ks, the solo 401Ks and their contribution limits. Um, but before I do that, just so you know, you can have multiple accounts. So you can have an account with your employer – Right, you work for again. My buddy Nate works. You know, he works for a company. Um, his company he works for. You can have that retirement plan. You can also have a traditional IRA, and then you can also have a solo four hundred one k. Right, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into that solo four hundred one k right now, or like a SEP, because the so the the IRA the traditional IRA and Roth IRA are limited to 6,000 a year or, or 7,000 a year, depending on your age. If you're over 50 years of age, it's, it's seven grand a year for husband and wife or, uh, you know, married couples. Right. Um, so, and, and not both couples don't have to be working. Right. So like if, if, if my wife is a stay at home mom and has no earned income, she can rely on my earned income for contributions, right. Or whatever, vice versa. And both of my wife and I can both contribute six thousand a year, so twelve thousand total. So you can have your employer plan, right? With my company that I work for, that's paying me a W two salary. I can also contribute my six thousand a year. My wife can contribute six thousand a year based on my income. And then if I have a self employed business, I can also build a four hundred one k for that, or a SEP IRA or simple IRA. Okay, so there's there's a lot of different accounts that you can utilize to contribute into your retirement. Okay, so let's shift those gears. Now let's talk about solo four hundred one k's, right? Or so the difference is, right? You're, so you're everybody, pretty much everybody listening now is used to or knows about the four hundred one k plan with their employer, right? Okay, yeah, I work for Johnson and Johnson. I put in, you know, if I put in three percent, they match three percent, and then if I put anything above that, then they don't match, right? Or some variation of that. That's how most employer plans work, right? That basically, and you again, Roth or traditional, most plans allow for both, so you can choose, right? The, the solo 401k is a little different. Solo 401k, you're, you're the one wearing both hats. You're wearing the employer hat and the employee hat, okay? The cool thing with the solo 401k is it allows you to put a lot more money in, right? Um your max contribution amount, depending on how much is being matched from the employer, is nineteen thousand five hundred, right? An employer plan. So there's there's some caps there. Still better than the Roth, or sorry, the 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 IRAs, but you're still capped, 
the solo 401k, you can go up to 58,000 or 64,500 if if you're older, if you're over 50, right? So you've got a lot bigger window. And if you and your spouse or significant other are both owners of that business, you can both do it, okay? Now, there's... There's a few variations of this. I don't want to get into too much in the details, but there's basically two buckets that you that you you fill in here, right? There's two buckets you throw money into. Um, either you're doing profit sharing, or you're doing deferred compensation. Deferred compensation is what we're all really used to in our 401k. Like I talked about, right? If I'm making 10 grand a month, and I take part of that money out and I put it into the retirement, that's taking my I'm deferring my compensation. I'm taking my compensation rather than putting it in my bank account and spending it, right, whatever. Um, that money is being deferred into my plan. So so in the solo 401k, you've got that deferred compensation option and you've got profit sharing, okay? Now, this is interesting. Um, a, a real powerful tax strategy tool with this, with this, um, uh, with this solo four hundred one k, is that you can immediately convert all dollars to Roth, right? I've heard people talk about the golden Roth or the. I, I, there have been so many random variations I've seen of this, but this this really powerful Roth tool. So what happens? Let me take a step back. So in in a in a Roth IRA, right? Okay, six thousand a year, seven thousand a year. Actually, you can phase out of being able to even make those contributions if you make too much money. So, if you and your wife make too much money, um, it's about one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand in that range, depending on if you're single. You know, there's anyways. Um, it's really easy to find those those limitations, but the 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 limits. But um, the so 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 you may even lose out of the option to do Roth. However, in the solo 401k, if you're making more money, you, you they would initially go in as tax deductible, or sorry, uh, as, as the pre-tax, right? But then what happens is you immediately convert it to Roth. So it's like, so you're essentially going to contribute a dollar that gives you tax savings, and then you're going to convert, which is going to be, you know, you're going to be taxed. So it's like it offsets itself, right? So you don't end up with any tax savings and for the business or for you personally in the in the given year but again you may decide i don't care i don't really need the tax benefit or want the tax benefit i want the roth so again this solo 401k contribution this tax strategy you could effectively put almost sixty five thousand dollars or uh almost one hundred and thirty thousand dollars if it's you and a significant other you and a spouse you can put that much away a year Roth elected. And there's no phase outs for income with that. None. Right? So if you're making 300,000 a year and you want to build again, some people may say, "Well, well why not why don't you want the pre-tax tie if you're making 300,000 a year?" Again, it's personal preference, right? Again, Val tells me all the time, he's like, "Ty, you should do more traditional. You're going to save more tax." I'm like, I, "I don't care. I'm fine paying the piper today. I would rather pay the piper today." Because I'm pretty confident I'm going to grow those dollars over the next 25 years. So think about that. Um, so yeah, this Golden Roth tax strategy, powerful, right? Really powerful. Um, okay, 
so still looking in, under this 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 uh, idea of the solo four hundred one k and player four hundred one k. Actually, no. Let's let's focus on the solo four hundred one k. So you've got to make sure we understand that it's it's tied to a business. And I said before, you can have five, ten. You can have ten or fifteen. I mean, I don't know why you'd have that many, but you can have three or four solo four hundred one k plans. It doesn't matter. You can have as many of those as you want, and they each have their own limits. They do, however, have to be tied to one specific business income flow, right? So let's say that you are a, a software engineer and you also have a landscaping business, right? Well, let's say as a software engineer, you work for a company, they pay you $150,000 a year salary, but you also do contracting on the side. Like you do some, some, some independent work and you make 50000 And your landscaping business you run pays another fifty. Okay, so 150 for my regular job, 50,000 for my contracting job, 50,000 from my um, from my landscaping job. Okay? So I could be maxing out my employer plan with my regular $150,000 job, my salary. I could be putting part of the now you can't put, you know, if you, let's say you're 50 52 years old and you're the software engineer, you couldn't do the 64,500 cuz you didn't make that much. You can't ever, you know, you can't the IRS won't let you put more than you earn. But some dollar percentage of that 50,000 you can be putting away and that's its own separate calculation. Same thing with the landscaping job. So you'd have two separate solo 401k's. And you could still be doing a regular IRA contribution. So that's four different buckets this software engineer could have. His employer sponsored plan, his traditional IRA, his personal IRA, his solo 401k for con, uh, consulting and his solo 401k for landscaping, right? So it's 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 pretty interesting. So but the key here is member. Believe me, I've helped a lot of people with these things and you've got to be pretty good about keeping tabs on where the monies are coming from cuz at the end of the year you got to do the taxes or your your CPA's going to do the taxes. I don't want your CPA calling me like what in the hell did you talk to this guy about doing or this gal about doing, right? I, we don't want to do that. You want to make sure it's tied to the, or the you got to tie it to the right business, make sure there's enough revenues. And there's actually some some other, you know, ways to calculate exactly how much money you can contribute, right? Um, but you got to, yeah, it's, anyways, you got to make sure you're tied to the right business. The other thing too, if you have a solo 401k, you can't have employees unless you're providing a plan to them, right? So if I've got, um, you know, that landscaping business, if I've got, you know, five or six people that work for me, if I'm not providing some sort of retirement benefit to them, um, I can't per- I can't do that solo 401k because the IRS doesn't want you getting a benefit if you're not giving to your people. Um, okay, so the other thing with with this with any of these 401ks, uh, which may give you some tax benefits, is being able to take a uh, 401k loan out, right? So think about that. If I want to pull. Oh, so, so, so with everything, there's a big overarching uh, umbrella to this whole thing is once you put monies into a retirement account, they are locked. I mean, you can move the money wherever you want unless your employer won't let you move your money, which is the case a lot of times. But you're locked in there because if you pull your monies out too early, you get hit with penalties. Okay. And again, the IRS, the reason for that is the IRS wants you to, they want to, they kind of want to like lock you in a little bit so that you don't just put a thousand bucks in, pull a thousand bucks out. You know what I mean? So, so there are some penalties. Um, but you can still access that money without any penalties or taxes through a 401k loan, okay? 
Now they're capped at fifty thousand, um, and 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 some institutions may charge you a fee for it. We, we don't charge our clients anything for them if they want to take a loan out. Um, what happens though is so that money comes out of the the four hundred one k retirement world and it goes into your your regular normal bucket, right? Your savings account, your checking account. You do have to repay it, so there is a payment, and you are paying interest, but you're not paying a bank. You're paying yourself, right? So it's it's a pretty cool tool. I have clients all the time. They're like. Ty, I need to get some money, but I don't want to pay the taxes or penalties. That's okay. Let's do the solo 401k loan. Pull, pull, some, pull 20 grand out. Go do it, you know, whatever. Again, you have to repay it, and so there's some pros and cons, but there's no, there's no penalty or taxes to access that, right? Now, there is a problem if, if you end up closing down the plan or you don't make repayments. You will be taxed on those dollars that were in the loan. You will be. And I've seen that before. I've seen clients who take a loan, uh, decide they don't, you know, either want to shut down the plan or decide whatever, or they can't, they don't want to repay, and they just you get a big ten ninety nine for whatever you got. So you got to be careful with it. Um, last few ideas with some do's and don'ts within the solo four hundred one k. The big do is to make sure that a you keep good tabs on what you're tying the business to, right? So it's like if I'm if I'm um, this software engineer right? We don't want to tie, like we, we don't want to muddy the waters. We don't want some of the monies being contributed coming from the landscaping company or some from the consulting gig. Like you need to take some initiative to do some good record keeping. Okay. The other thing is, again, I always like to tell clients, we want to name those plans because you, you have full, when you do a solo, okay, you can name it whatever you want. It doesn't matter because it's self, you're self-managing the whole thing, right? Um, but I like to name it whatever that business is or have some, some, some tie to that business so we know what it is. Um, so again, it's tied to a very specific business. The other thing too, I have a lot of clients that will buy real estate with their solo 401ks or buy tax liens or invest in all kinds of crazy things. They may want some additional asset protection via an LLC. Right, like a lot of times, clients will go buy property and they'll they'll put the property into an LLC to limit liability. Okay, which is a good it, that, that's a that's a good strategy in and of itself, right? And, and we we can talk about that later. You gotta be careful though when you do that with a solo four hundred one k. This is the number one mistake I see clients make all the time. Okay. Remember, the, once money goes into a four hundred one k or an IRA, it, it it kind of leaves your personal uh, bucket and goes into the retirement bucket. Until we do a distribution, which you know, dis- distribution is a taxable event, or, or maybe there's no taxes, but it's still technically a tax transfer, even with the Roth. It's, it's a tax distribution, but there's just no taxes on it. Okay, so that's that's when the money comes out. That's that's a distribution event. Um, so it's almost like while the money's in the retirement, it's its own separate person. I know it's your money, but think of it that way. It's its own separate person. Okay, so Ty Hansen versus Ty Hansen four hundred one k. They're almost like two different people. Okay, and there's specific rules how those monies can be meshed together, or how they should not be meshed together is the more appropriate way to put it. Okay, so the long and short is don't mix personal money into an investment with 401k monies. Gets messy. The IRS does not like that. It's called commingling. Don't do it. Okay, same thing if I'm using an entity, right? So if my 401k is buying a property and I want an LLC. The LLC that owns the property that was funded from the 401k 
should be owned by 401k, not by Ty Hansen individual. See the difference? Ty Hansen individual, if Ty Hansen individual is the owner manager of the LLC for that property, technically I have personal access to the money. The IRS is not going to be happy about that. But if Ty Hansen 401k is the owner of that LLC, we're fine. Totally fine. Okay. So again, it's the, the primary thing with a solo 401k, it's, this is awesome. Again, remember, we've got that huge Roth option, huge Roth strategy we can do in there. We've got a higher limit. We can put more money in. It gives us another bucket that we can, we can throw more monies into if we want. Um, there's, a, there's actually even more tax strategies that are pretty powerful with that 401k, but uh, we're not going to dive into that this second. So uh, just make sure you keep good accounting of those dollars in and dollars out okay so all right we've talked about the hows and whys and how to contribute in the different options we've talked about solo 401k let's let's jump into um one last key retirement tool here that it's funny because it's it's actually the the oldest and and the most widely um like one of the oldest used retirement accounts and plans but most people wouldn't know it if we talked to them about it. It's what we call a defined benefit plan. So a 401k is actually a defined contribution plan. A defined benefit is is just that. So the difference between those two is contribution versus benefit. So a defined benefit plan is really the old school pension, right? That's really what it is. And the reason that it shifted away from that, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go into a little history here for a second. So... The old defined benefit plan. You worked for a company for 20 years, right? You worked for General Electric. Or you worked for Union Pacific. Or here in Utah, we had Geneva Steel. You worked for Geneva Steel and you had a pension. Those companies would say, okay, you work here for so long, we're going to pay you X dollars for the rest of your life, right? Cool. That's a defined benefit. I know exactly what my benefit's going to be when I retire. Well, over over time, people... You know, they weren't as connected to who they were working for. We changed jobs more often. The landscape in the, in the working world has changed. And so, and, and it's, to be frank, it's pretty risky for a business to say, oh, I'm going to guarantee I'm paying you X number of dollars, right? That's, that's, a, that's a big liability. Uh, in fact, we're seeing, um, you know, government entities, you know, like counties and cities and different pension plans that are in big trouble, right? Because, um, uh, these pensions exist and they have to pay their people who retire X dollars. For the, I mean, if they're not funded right, I mean, it's scary stuff that they can really jack up. So, so we saw this evolution of, okay, we're not doing a pension anymore. We still want to give a benefit. So we're going to give you a 401k, which is a defined contribution, right? That's easy. That's easy to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to guarantee what, how much you get in, in cash flow, how much your what your benefit's going to be when you're done, when you retire, but I can guarantee how much I'm going to contribute into your plan, right? So you're going to put 3%. I, I guarantee I'll give you 3% every, every pay period. I'll give that to you. No problem. That's the difference, right? So that's why we see nowadays it's primarily, it's uh, primarily 401k, right? So, so let's take a step back. This defined pension plan or defined benefit plan or pension, right? Those still exist, and you can do them, and they are crazy powerful, right? You can actually put into these 
$230,000 a year, right? $230,000 a year in contribution limits. Again, let's go back to the software engineer. Let's say he's making a million dollars a year, right? He could technically do his employer plan, his solo 401k for his consulting, his solo 401k for his um, um, uh, landscaping, and he could do a defined benefit plan. Again, they have to be separate income sources, but depending on how much money you make, you can do this defined benefit plan. Now, they're very risky in the sense that, again, you have to know what the benefit to the employee is going to be, which you're your own employee, right? But there, there are tools that we have that we know exactly how to build to guarantee. Typically, we build an annuity. That's what we do. We say, okay, this year you're going to put in 200000 and that 200000 has to guarantee so much cash flow when you retire at age 65, well, we can just we can do an annuity. An annuity guarantees exactly what the cash flows will be. So again, there's this last bucket, this defined benefit plan that you can build that unlocks two hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of contribution amounts a year. It's pretty powerful stuff. And I mean, even if you're not going up to two hundred thirty thousand, that may be something that somebody that's like, hey, I'm looking to get you know fifty to a hundred extra thousand dollars. That may be the choice over the solo 401k. So anyways, um, so just to kind of recap and kind of sum everything up. So, so what's the whole point of doing all of these things, right? Why, why do we want to do this? A couple of thoughts. Um, for people on the, the lower end of the spectrum of, you know, they're putting away 50 bucks a month. Why do we want to do this? A, my thought is, you, we want to get into the habit of making contributions because, again, there's really pensions are kind of going the way of the dodo. They're not going to be around. Yeah, Social Security should be there when you retire. But to be frank, I, I don't want to be reliant upon the federal government to support me in my retirement. So on the low end of the spectrum, if you're putting 50 or 100 bucks a month away, the, the, the power is that it, it kind of locks you in a little bit. You put the money in there. It's like, yeah, if you pull that out early, you're going to get hit with some penalties. So it's like, you just got to be willing to say, okay, I'm putting that money in there. It's locked up and I'm just not going to think about it. I always tell people it's your, it's like your cable bill, right? How often do we think about our cable bill, our AT&T bill? I, I use AT&T for my cell phone, cell phone bill, right? How often do we think about those things, right? We don't. That's what I'm saying on this low end of the spectrum. That's why these are powerful is it's almost like it can turn into something you set and forget. Look, if you're younger and you're putting away 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month, the math works out that by the time you're 65, if you have a decent rate of return, you know, between 5 and 8%, 5 and 9% on average, you're talking, you know, half a million dollars, maybe a million dollars. It's pretty powerful stuff. And I would rather, you know, kind of put my, again, if I'm at this end of the spectrum, I, I want to put my blinders on. And just plug away for 20, 30 years and just slowly be putting a little bit of money away. And then also when I get to retirement, it's like, oh, sweet. I don't have to really worry about Social Security. I mean, I, yeah, maybe I get it and that's great. It's gravy. But, whew, okay, good. I, you know, I've got three or 400000 Now, is that going to be an extravagant retirement? No, not at all. But you're, you know you're going to be able to retire and, and be okay. Again, I build financial plans all the time. Built thousands of them. So it's, it's okay. It, it can work. 
with you know three, four, five hundred thousand, right? Okay, so that that end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, it's like, why do we worry about these? Look, if you're making you know good money, hundred thousand, two, three, four hundred thousand, we want to be as tax efficient as we can, right? So we've got the the employer 401k we've got the solo 401k we've got the defined benefit plan we've got the regular ira and roth ira let's use these tools to save and really craft something that minimizes that tax that we're paying to the irs right let's do that and or even too if you've just kind of been plugging away with your employer plan for you know 10 15 years you've amassed half a million million two million dollars in your 401k Let's look at converting. Let's look at how we can strategize with tax planning over the next five or six years, 10 years before you retire. So that you're like, literally, you're getting every cent out of that dollar you can, right? Um, Again, that's this idea of marginal tax planning, right? It's what I do for people all the time. We look at your taxes. How much are you paying? And we look at okay, how much is how much can I pull out before I really bump you up into another major tax bracket, right? We don't want to we don't want to get you so so on such a high level that you're starting to phase out of tax benefits, right? So that's really the point here is 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 getting yourself into the habit of saving, and then as we evolve and we've got more money and we're making more money, let's maximize that dollar because it's. To be frank, it's it's actually pretty easy, right? People all the time are like, I don't want to pay this much in taxes. It's like, awesome. There's some ways we can work this. Now, you're going to pay taxes, right? You can't get out of paying taxes. Nobody can. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. But we, you know, I hear people all the time too. They're like, you know, stinking Wall Street and this and that and the one percenters and ah. I'm like, look, those rules still apply to you. You can still use those those tax benefits, Let's play the game, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. So so there you go. A couple of tax strategies, tax ideas, tax strategies. A couple of different buckets you can contribute to. And a couple of different ways that, it, you know, you start structuring this the right way. You're not just throwing your dollars into your savings account. Now you're in your, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, and your retirement years. Again, it's... It's so fun. I love this. When I sit with a client and we pull money out of their account and it's like, they're like, oh, like I thought I was gonna be paying a lot more in tax. Like, no, 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 no. We, we've done this the right way. It's, it's fun. It's awesome. Again, I geek out about this stuff. So, all right. Um, I think I have bored all of you long enough and I've enjoyed doing this solo. It's been pretty fun. So uh, thank you for the listen. We appreciate it. Um, remember, check us out, tieandry.com. And we would love it, seriously, any feedback. Uh, my email, ty, T-Y, at myprosperteam.com or ryan at myprosperteam.com. Email us anytime. We are happy to get feedback on the podcast. We want to know some things you want to hear and how we can make this more enjoyable for you. So appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend and uh, we thank you for following Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye podcast. 
Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.